thank God for his ministry here at Shining Light. It's been so good to be here. First Samuel chapter number 16, we're going to read down through this passage of scripture. And this is, uh, to me, it, it is a very familiar passage. This is where David gets called to be king over the household of Israel. And uh, that's what I want to look at tonight. But I'm interested in a phrase in verse number one. We'll come back to that in just a minute. But the Bible said in verse number one, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou, what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that, did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. The Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab, and made him to pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made Shema to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are there all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in, and he was ruddy and withal, and of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look on. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon, God, for allowing us another privilege, another opportunity, God, to be gathered in church. Lord, I thank you for this dear church, this dear pastor, allowing us the opportunity to present our burden and our call to the Blacklands Baptist Church. Lord, I pray that you'd help us and help them. We could just join up alongside one another, and God, that we would be fruitful and faithful, God, until your return. Father, we do thank you, God, for the reading of your word. I pray you'd add your blessing to it. I pray, God, that you'd help me, Lord, to lose sight of myself and gain sight of you. God, that I'd be able to convey the message and preach the message, God, that you've laid upon my heart. God, I cannot do it without you, and I need your touch tonight. Lord, as I've asked already many times, Lord, I need you to help me preach in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Father, I pray for the congregation that's here tonight under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that I'd be a help and a blessing to them, that I'd encourage them during these days that we're living in. No doubt, Lord, we're living in perilous times. We're living in days of darkness and doom and gloom on the outside. But God, inside these churches, inside the hearts of these churches, 
are people that love you and want to worship you and continue to serve you faithfully. And Father, I'm thankful for that. And I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, to lift them up and exalt you in front of them. Father, I love you and I praise you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Up until this point, the nation of Israel has been a series, as they always are, of ups and downs. They are constantly a people that I. it does not matter what passage of Scripture you turn to in concerning the nation of Israel, but you can see the types and the similarities of our nation that we live in here in America. And as you look at these series of ups and downs, I believe that the Lord put them in there for us uh, to reflect back on of sometimes it's things that we ought to do and sometimes it's things that we should not do. But here as we come to this passage of Scripture, we find that God has pretty much summed it up for Samuel, hit that great prophet. I believe one of the greatest prophets that we have in the Old Testament was the man by the name of Samuel in the works that he done and in the prophecies that he prophesied about and how that he conducted himself. And I believe that that is summed up to us in verse number four in that when he went to the town of Bethlehem, Bethlehem there he found this, this crowd of people in this place that said that they were fearful just at his coming. He was not a man who went straight out and just you know was mean to people or anything like that, but yet they knew that he served the the Lord God and they knew that there was power that came with that and so when Samuel come to this town they feared before him if I could say this about that, I'll say this just as a little side note. We need that back in our churches in this day and hour. I'm afraid in the hour and the time, and I know this ain't my pulpit, this ain't where, but I believe I'm all right in saying this because everywhere I go, I find the same mentality. I find the same attitude from the people of God. Here's the thing. I'm finding that people have got two attitudes. They've either just about quit on God or they're so beat down and discouraged that they've just, they've about given up sitting on a Baptist pew. But can I say this? We need to be mindful of the Spirit of God. We need to be mindful of the man of God. We need to be reverent toward the things of God because, listen, I know as the hour approaches that our Lord is soon returning. He's soon coming back to get His church. And like I said a minute ago, I want Him to find those that are faithful in serving Him. I want Him to find those that are fearful toward the things of God. I don't mean to say tonight that God's sitting up in heaven uh, waiting to peck us in the head every time that we get out of line or mess up a little bit here and there and about. No, it's not that kind of fear. It's a fear of respect toward the things of God. There used to be a time where uh, just like here in the Bible we find that when the man of God was present, when the man of God came over, uh, when the man of God knocked at your door, it was a time that people said, oh know how the preacher's here I better quit doing what I'm doing I better clean up some things I better get out the good things for the preachers here that is God's man that's what they meant by verse number 4 when they asked him do you come peaceably they were afraid that Samuel had come with a word from the Lord that would attack that place they were afraid that God was upset with them when they saw the man of God but Samuel told them he said no I'm 
come peacefully. I've come to do something good for us. I've come to bring some encouragement unto the nation of Israel. I'm interested tonight, however, in verse number one, how where the Bible said, and the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I'm interested in that phrase that we find tonight uh, right here in our Bible. In fill your horn with oil and go. I'm interested in that for this in particular reason tonight. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is there's some things that we could learn uh, from the man of God about filling our horn with oil and going for the Lord. Uh, we know here that when we read in verse number one, uh, that the Bible tells us that Samuel was in a dark place. Uh, Samuel was in a discouraged place. He was in his own depression. He was sitting there and he was uh, living his life uh, uh, mourning over the things that he had seen go on. Uh, the Bible said there that God asked him the question, how long are you going to mourn after Saul? It was not that God was saying to Samuel. He wasn't saying, Samuel, I don't understand what you're going through. He wasn't saying, Samuel, I, I don't understand the hurt that you're dealing with. Uh, listen, can I say tonight, church member, uh, that's the same thing that God is saying to us tonight. Is listen, uh, we do feel bad at times and we do feel discouraged at times and we do feel depressed at times. Uh, but can I tell you, God knows everything you're dealing with. He knows everything that He's got in store for you. He knows everything that you're struggling with. Uh, the bills you can't pay. Uh, the places that you can't go. He understands what you are dealing with on this side of eternity. Uh, but can I tell you, that is no excuse for us uh, to give up on God or to quit on God. I'll say this with the old songwriter. Uh, there's no need to doubt Him now. I'm telling you tonight that I've come gone too far. I had to turn back now. I've been in this thing for 11 years preaching the gospel and I know that ain't as long as some and I still got a lot of ground to go and I still praise God got a lot of long ways that I want to go and I want to go and preach the gospel. But can I tell you that now's not the time to throw in the towel. But today in the, this hour is that God is saying to us He's still the same God that He's always been. He is the Lord and He changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not let you down. Now listen to me. Samuel was in a place here where God said, how long is it that you're going to sit there and mourn? I know that every one of us can relate to that because on this side of eternity we have cried some bitter tears. We have got in our own pity party. As a matter of fact, I'll just be real honest with y'all. I ain't sinning tonight. I ain't going to confess no sin, but I'll confess a fault of mine because the Bible said confess your faults one to another. I'll tell you this, that in this thing as a missionary, can I take my coat off, preacher? Is that okay? But I want to I want to say this about this. I'll tell you something about how I am. Y'all don't know me, and I don't know a lot about y'all, but I will tell you this. If we're not careful, we'll get ourselves in our own little pity party. We'll get to looking at the outside, looking at the way things are, looking at how doom and gloom that it is, looking how hard everything is, seeing the grocery bills go up, seeing the power bills go up, seeing the insurance go up, seeing the phone bills go up. Listen, and if we're not careful, we'll look on all those things and we'll say, well, 
surely God's forgot about us. God's forsaken us. God don't want nothing to do with us. He's not blessing. He's not helping. Can I remind you tonight that God is still the same way that He's always been? If He came through for you all these other times, He will come through for you. It may be that God's allowing these things to happen. I'm preaching to myself. It may be that God's allowing these things to happen to remind us just how good He is. Samuel was in a place here just like I get all the time. And I went to my wife and I said, I just don't understand it. I don't understand. I mean, there's a field out there for me to go and preach in. There's a place for me to go and preach in. But I just don't understand why that I can't just go there and do that. Y'all ever get like that? You ever want to try to hurry things up and get ahead of God? I believe that's exactly kind of how Samuel felt here. It wasn't that he was wanting to hurry God up, but he was mourning. He was feeling low down. He was feeling like his world had ended. But the Bible tells us that God asked him. He says, seeing I have rejected him after he said, how long are you going to mourn after Saul? I have rejected him. But notice this. The hope that God had for Samuel and the nation of Israel. The hope was found in one little phrase. Fill thine horn with oil and go. God said, Samuel, I've still got something that I provided. I've still got somebody that I'm going to put over my people. I've still got a plan. I've still got a purpose. I've still got provisions. Samuel, I want you to understand that it's not time to just wallow in it. It's not time to complain. But I want you to fill your horn with oil and go. Amen. Amen. That's the hardest thing. Preacher, I was convicted by this when I read this. God, I'll be honest with you, God spoke to my heart about this phrase long before I ever even opened the Bible. God said, I remember, I mean, I remembered the story and I remembered Samuel sitting there mourning and I was just meditating on it and thinking on it and I hadn't even opened it and read it yet. Hadn't even saw what God was doing. Hadn't even seen what all took place in this passage of Scripture. But as I began to read this, God was just showing me and He's pouring it on me. Saying, see right there was a man that was in the same shape that you are. He was a man who felt like everything was just coming to an end. He felt like he had lost purpose. He felt like there was no hope. But I told him how to fill his heart up and go again. I praise God tonight that God is still a God who provides again and again and again all over the New Testament church. We find in the Bible that God tells us and again He done this and again He done that and again He works again. I praise God tonight that God has still got hope for this thing. Amen. Amen. I'll show you a few things real quick about this filling your horn with oil and going. I want you to notice first of all there in that phrase that we find the problem that Samuel had was he couldn't let go. The problem Samuel had was he couldn't let go. You know what problem I've got tonight and you've got tonight is we can't let go. Amen. We can't let go and let God. That's our biggest problem. That's our biggest downfall. You know why I think that some of the more seasoned saints of God, I learned a lesson a long time ago about calling them old. I will tell you this, you'll get in trouble if you call people old. They're not old. They're just seasoned and more experienced. Amen. That's all that that means. But I'll tell you something. I had a lady one time when I was a pastor and I had a lady come to me and she said, I have you know I am not an old woman and I am not going to, I'm not going 
going to stand for this. She was joking, by the way. She said, Preacher, I'm not going to stand for being called old. I said, All right, what would you like for me to call you? She said, More experience. I said, All right, I can do that. And so I will tell you something tonight. Our problem is even from the, uh, the more seasoned saints all the way down to the littlest ones in amongst us, is our problem is, is we have a hard time letting go. And the Bible said that God asked Samuel, He said, How long is it that you're going to mourn for Saul? In other words, I don't think that God was saying, Samuel, I just don't know. I don't know something. I don't know how long it is. That ain't what God was saying. God was asking him this way, kind of a sarcastic way. Samuel, how long are you going to continue in this shape that you're in? I'm saying the same thing about myself and all of us in the, in the congregation tonight. How long is it that we're going to let all these things bother us? How long is it that we're going to let all these things bog us down and keep us from going for God? Keep us from serving God? Keep us from seeing the power of God fall upon our churches? How long are we going to go in the shape that we're going in? The problem is, is every one of us, we get stuck in a rut. And a rut ain't nothing but a grave with both sides kicked out of it. I'm telling you that when we get stuck in that grave, our best thing to do is pray while we're down there. When we're stuck in that rut, just pray and know that God is still wanting us to fill the horn with oil and go for His glory. Samuel couldn't have never filled this horn with oil and went if he hadn't been separated from the work of man. And you know what he had a hard problem letting go of? Was man's work. You see, up until this point, man chose the king. Prior to that, God had been the king. Go read it. Back in the days of Moses and Joshua, God was king. God was the leader. He was the one telling. He would just tell the God's man, hey, take the people here, take them there, do what you need to do with them, but follow my word, follow my leadership. God was the king. He was the leadership. But man was not satisfied with that, and so they chose one out of the tribe of Benjamin, a man by the name of Saul, who was head and shoulders taller than all in the camp. And so when they looked on him, they said, this is the man that's going to be the king for us. This is is the man who's got the great stature. He's strong. He's a mighty man of valor. And they chose their own king. And God said, this ain't me. That ain't what I wanted for y'all. This is not what I want to be a part of. But God said, if that's the way y'all want it, then I'll give it to you. I will say this about that. Be careful, church, what we ask for. Because sometimes God will give you exactly what you ask for. And it may lead to you not getting the things that God had in store for you. I'm telling you that up until this point they had had Saul as their king but now we find that God has said listen I have rejected him he did not listen to me he rebelled against me from the very get go and Samuel had to be separated from the work of man you and I are in the same shape tonight if we'd get our eyes off of what man's doing get our eyes off of what man's thinking is get our eyes off of what man's always talking about get our ears stopped 
propped up from what man's a saying. Listen, one of the biggest problems that I have is the discouragement that comes from within the churches that I go into. I've been in some wonderful churches. I've been in some great churches. And I thank God for every one of them. But I'm going to tell you that there's always one or two that will come up and say, well, that sure is a nice family. You sure you want to take them off down there where they ain't nothing? I mean, preacher, let's think about this a minute. What about you youngins? What about them? There ain't even a Walmart in that town. They ain't even a Dollar General in that town. Imagine that. But here's the thing. I've got to go where God tells me to go. It's not about what man tells me. I've had men to tell me, well, you'd probably be a lot better off if you'd just pastor one of these other churches. You'd probably be a lot better off, you know, if you'd just, you know, just go pastor one where there's already a few people trying to serve and trying to do. I probably would be better off to do that, but I'm going to tell you something. It wouldn't last long because it ain't what God said to do. I've got to do what God said to do. It don't matter what the brethren said or the sisters said. It don't matter what the world says about it. I've got to go separated from the work of man. Man just got to do what God said to do. You notice here the Bible said that God had rejected him. I don't believe that the people had rejected him yet. Though he had rebelled, though he had done wrong, I'll say this. You keep reading. The reason I say that the people hadn't rejected yet is even after David's anointed king, David included, reverenced him as the Lord's anointed. They still held him to a high standard. But God had done said, I'm done with him. Now, God honored that because God saw that David's heart was in the right position. But the people hadn't let go of this thing. Neither had Samuel. Secondly tonight, and I'm going to try to be as quickly as possible, but secondly tonight, uh, y'all okay tonight? Everybody all right? Secondly tonight, we see not only did he have a problem letting go, but there was a place God was going to send, a particular place that God was going to send him. You know, his problem was he wouldn't let go, so God gave him a rhetorical question. How long are you going to mourn? I got something for I got somewhere for you to go. Feed your horn with oil and go. But notice this. Bible said this in this verse. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. The place that God was going to send Samuel was a prominent place. It was a place Samuel was well familiar with. Bethel meant the house of bread, the house of the Lord. That was where God met with his people. If you read the book of Ruth, you find that that is where the Lord had visited his people when Naomi come back was in Bethlehem, Judah, when she said, I've heard how that the Lord hath visited his people in giving them bread. It was a place that God honored. It was a place that God held to a standard. But here's the thing. God said, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Samuel not only had to separate from the work of man but Samuel had to submit to the will of God you mean to tell me preacher that this great prophet was not submitted to the will of God well yeah I do I tell you this tonight that that man was just like you and me there were times in his life that I've already preached about for about 20 minutes on how he was down in his wallows and complaining it was not the will of God for him to be in that shape it was not the will of God for him to be belly aching and murmuring and 
mourning over the shape that Israel was in. It was the will of God for Samuel had to fill his horn with oil and go. It was not the will of God for Samuel to be mourning over a king that had been rejected. But it was the will of God for Samuel to submit to for him to go to Bethlehem, Judah. And when we find here that he goes to Jesse the Bethlehemite, God describes to him this new king. And church, this is a beautiful picture of where our Lord Jesus comes from. God's new king of Israel was ultimately a type for the Messiah. A name above every name. Amen. One who would be blessed and always sit on the throne of God. That's who Jesus is. And the Bible even tells us in the book of Ruth uh, that there's, there's where Jesse come from. He came out of that Ruth and Boaz union and in Obed. And then we find that Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse, if you read on down, I begat Joseph and Mary. Mary came out of that lineage. And when you find that out, you find out that that's where Jesus come from. And there is the name above every name. Uh, the name that will never be torn down. Uh, that ever kneel bow to. That ever tongue will confess. God had a purpose and a plan to send Samuel to the place, but he wanted him to go with a field horn full of oil to anoint this new king. I do believe tonight you can make comparison when Jesus quoted Isaiah and he said he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. This is what he was talking about. Because David was anointed right here and the Bible tells us that Jesus quoted Isaiah that he hath anointed him to preach the gospel. Jesus talking about himself when he stood up in the synagogue and he quoted Isaiah. Well, Jesus, as far as I've read, wasn't anointed like David was. But David was anointed, and out of that anointing, it was so powerful that it carried all the way to the Son of God. Amen. This was God's chosen place and God's chosen king. And God said, I want you to fill your horn with oil and go. Man, the message is still the same today. Amen. Fill your horn with oil and go. Samuel had to be submitted to the will of God. But not only that, we see the provision of God for Israel. He said, for I, notice this. In this verse, he says, for I have provided me. He didn't say I've provided you a king, but I've provided me a king among his sons. Samuel, here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill your home with oil. I want you to go to the house of Jesse. Now Samuel begins to contemplate this thing and begins in verse number two to say, I don't know about this. A lot of times that's what the real will of God will do for your life. (laughs) You can ask my wife, I'll know more than get, I know it's the will of God for me to preach like I know my name, but I'll know more than get done preaching, and I'll get in the car and say, was that all right? Yeah. Every, time. Every time. You know why? It's the will of God to do this. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm unsure about it. Because right. I know this old boy. I know how weak and frail I am. Yeah. I know what frame I'm made up of. More importantly, so does he. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yes, but I praise God that he was going to provide. God said this, the provision of God for Israel was I have provided me a king. In other words, Israel, I'm done listening to y'all. Amen. I know it don't sit well with us, but God God don't need us. He chooses to use us. 
He wants to use us. He wants a relationship. He desires it. Uh-huh. They don't need us. Yes, sir. Listen, you know what? I hope I'm okay, preacher. If I'm not, you tell me to shut up and sit down. You know what used to bother me more than anything still bothers me today as a pastor? Is people feel like they're doing God a favor to come to the house of God. It breaks my heart. We ought to be honored, privileged to come in the house of God and be able to lift up holy hands and say, Lord, you've been so good to me. Amen. Just in the fact that he saved our soul from hell, amen, is enough to praise him for and never get another word from him, never get another fellowship from him, never get anything else, nothing. We don't deserve none of it. But yet God is so, so good to us. His mercies are new every morning. He's got grace for every need. I praise God that we've got a God that loves his people. David, the one that was anointed in this passage of scripture, David said, said this in Psalm 40 and verse number 17 but I am poor and needy yet the Lord thinketh upon me you may be poor and needy tonight as was Israel and as was Samuel but God is still thinking about you God still loves you don't you ever forget that I'll let you in on something else you probably already know this he loves you more than you love you yeah and that's why he gave Israel this statement in chapter, chapter number 16, verse 1. He said, I have provided me a king. You know what he was doing? Showing them his authority. Yes. He was showing Israel, all right, Israel, you had it your way. And you made a mess. Yeah. Now I'm going to be the one in charge. Now I'm going to be the one in control. And what does this show us about Samuel? Well, Samuel had to be scriptural in his walk. Man, feed your horn with oil and Go. For I have provided me a king. I'll say two things, a few things about that, and I'm done. This fill your home with oil is a picture. Every time you see oil in the Bible, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit of God working. They had to have oil in the lamps to keep the lights on in the temple. Amen. They had to have oil for anointing. That's what he used here. Amen. Being a keeper of the oil was a job in the temple. In, oil, in other words, they would keep it stored in a place and preserve it in a place how that was precious and it was a place how that God gave it was so precious. God gave Moses a list of how to conduct and how to make the oil. The, 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 the description that it gives us in the Bible of how that they had to press the olives and had to work them out and had to get them to the place where they could produce this oil. It was all very important and all very very biblical and all very scriptural to them. And Samuel, when God said, listen to me, I want you to fill your horn with oil and I want you to go to the house of Jesse for I have provided me a king there. I want you to know tonight, child of God, God says it this way. He wants you to fill your horn with oil as a Christian because Paul the apostle said, be not drunk with wine where is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. It's the same thing tonight. We need to get back to being filled with the Spirit of God, of being filled with the oil. You and I are just the vessel receiving the oil. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful tonight, those of us that are saved by the grace of God, how we've got the good old Holy Ghost of God, how we've been anointed to carry the gospel and entrusted to carry the gospel unto a lost and dying world. And I praise God how that He has provided that for us. Those of us who did not have nobody, who were 
we're not even a people. He became our Father. And now we can come boldly before the throne of grace and call upon Him. And listen, even when we I don't know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. And just as Samuel had to be scriptural in his walk, you and I are to be filled with the Spirit and be filled with the Scriptures. I have people all the time ask me, Preacher, how do you know the will of God? How? Well, I say this, and I know you've seen this or heard this or read this. If anything gets this Bible, yeah. it's not the will of God. Right. So if what you're wanting to do or what you are doing goes against the Word of God, it's not the will of God. Right. It's that simple. Amen. Amen. And then I have people ponder that question. They'll say, well, preacher, you know, I just don't understand. I mean, is it the will of God for me to to give this much or is it the will of God for me to go to this place or do that or do that God will give you his word and here's what I hear from people all the time I'll say well have you prayed uh well not really I mean I, I I've asked a few times and I've yeah but I'm talking the effectual fervent prayer that's what makes the difference with God how bad do you want it Man, Samuel had to be scriptural in his walk, and I don't think you and I get to slide by not being in this Bible. Samuel had to know what it meant to fill your horn with oil and go. He had to know the importance of that, or it wouldn't have mattered to him. Because, I mean, you look in verse number 2, the Bible said, and Samuel said, how can I go? He didn't say I wasn't going to go. He said, how can I go? He said, if Saul hears it, he'll kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come. But notice this. The Lord said it. The Lord said, take an heifer with you. You know what God will do? You may be sitting there saying, how can I go? How can I do? What can I do? The Bible tells us right there that God gave his word and the Lord said. He does that with everything that he does. You know, why, you know why I won't go to Hyde County, fill my horn with oil and go? Yeah. You know why? Because Jesus said, go ye into all the world. Yes. Yes. Preach the gospel to every creature. Yeah. And man, that ought to convict us. Yeah. Right. And man, yeah. fill your horn with oil, child of God, and go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that as he goes on down, when he anoints David, David, don't take the throne right away. Spends a long time getting more experienced. Seasoning. You know what that tells me? Right here at this particular part, part, if you study this out, David's right around 15 years old. 15-year-old boy, king of Israel. You imagine that? I can imagine that at 35. I mean, leading a whole nation of people. You go read Psalm 77. Find out that David says that he pulled him from the ewes, yeah. ordained him, put him in over the congregation, mm-hmm. let him lead that congregation. That's David's talking about being pulled out and being anointed as a 15-year-old boy. But he didn't take the throne right away. You know what he needed? To season. Yeah. Get some experience. You go read about David, and he's the only person in this Bible that the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. Didn't mean David didn't mess up. His experiences, oh yeah, he messed up. He made mistakes. Yes, sir. 
Made some pretty bad ones. But it didn't change how God felt about him. He still used him to bring about the Messiah. Amen. Ain't that a blessing, preacher? I'm done. You come on. Amen. Let's uh, 